you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Of course, we all remember the Bills and Chiefs divisional round classic a year ago, but every game in this round last year came down to the final play. Hello, I'm Omar Reese. Welcome into the NFL Network newsroom, and this is NFL Now. If we get half as good a divisional round weekend as we got last, last year, we are in for a treat. And we are breaking down all four of your divisional round matchups still ahead on NFL Now. But first, we're getting to the coaching carousel news that is new right now. Into NFL Network, and for much more on that, we welcome in our insiders Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero. And Ian, we'll start with you. Sean Payton, Carolina Panthers, supposed to meet up this week, but it seems like there's a hold on that. How do you explain what happened there? Yeah, that was supposed to be this morning in New York City with owner Dave Tepper and the Carolina Panthers contingent. Uh, but there was a tragedy that intervened. Uh, Anton Walks, a Charlotte FC soccer player, was in a tragic boat accident uh, over the course of the past couple days. And owner Dave Tepper flew from New York to Charlotte to tend to that, to be with his players, to support them, to support the organization that he also owns with the Carolina Panthers. They had two defensive coordinator interviews Yesterday, they had Sean Payton today. All of that is put on hold. Uh, we will see when it is rescheduled. My understanding is at some point early this week with Sean Payton. That is the assumption, but it has not been firmly and finally confirmed. Meanwhile, the Carolina Panthers also had Ken Dorsey on the slate for tomorrow, the Bills offensive coordinator and one of, the, uh, one of several fast-rising offensive young coaches that the Panthers have wanted to talk to. That was supposed to be Saturday. No word yet on if that is happening. Uh, if it's not happening, then it'll be difficult to reschedule just based on the NFL rules. So we will see when or if they're able to do that interview. Of course, Ken Dorsey started his coaching career in Carolina. As for Dan Quinn, Tom, the last couple years, he's been a hot name in this coaching search. No different this year. What's the latest on Quinn's schedule? That's right, Omar. Dan Quinn is going to interview with two teams later today, the Indianapolis Colts, that one will be via Zoom, and the Denver Broncos, who are on their way to Texas to meet with Quinn in person. You said it, Dan Quinn has been a hot name each of the past couple of years. Of course, the former Atlanta Falcons head coach took them to a Super Bowl, took them to another playoffs, now in the past couple of years has been in Dallas and really set a culture on the defensive side of the ball there. Quinn, along with Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh, were really the names at the top of the Broncos list as they began this search process. And unlike Payton, who continues to interview, getting Dan Quinn would not cost a first-round pick and more. Omar. Of course, Quinn getting ready for the 49ers. The 49ers defensive coordinator, Ian, also a hot name. D'Amico Ryans, what can you tell us about how his coaching interview schedule is shaping up? 
You know, D'Amico Ryan's had several requests, four requests, or maybe it's five. I don't know. It's tough to keep track of these things this time of year. But he is interviewing with the Houston Texans. That's going to be today. Obviously, a lot of familiarity there. Former second-round pick from the Texans. And someone who really has been head coach of the Texans ever since he was a player. Talk to anyone who watched him in Alabama, watched him in Houston. This is a guy who's been a future head coach uh, for a very long time. And, of course, he has impressed as a coordinator this year, just like he did last year. One of the top defenses in the NFL. So, of course, he is interviewing with the Houston Texans. That is today. Also spent time with the Denver Broncos yesterday. That was an in-person interview. And, of course, Tomiko Ryans was impressive, as he always is. And I would expect that to continue going forward. So, Quinn, Ryans, a couple guys who had these interviews while focusing on games this weekend. The Giants have a couple coordinators, Tom, also in that same boat. What more can you tell us about them? Omar, let's start with Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, who has three requests in for interviews, and all of those interviews currently are scheduled to take place on Sunday. Those are going to be with the Colts, the Texans, and the Panthers, though as Ian mentioned earlier, the Panthers currently are working through their schedule to determine when interviews are going to resume. Wink Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator, also scheduled for an interview on Sunday with the Colts. And People look at this, of course, and why are all these interviews happening now? Why does Mike Kafka have to do three in one day? Well, the rules are if you played in a wild card game, then you have through the end of the divisional playoff games this weekend to complete a first interview. If you do not do that, and if the Giants in this case were to win, you would not be permitted to do a first interview until the team is eliminated. So a time crunch here, and you have to pack a lot in. Good explanation on that schedule. Ian, Tom, thank you both very much. We appreciate the insight to this coaching search. Patrick Mahomes showing off those legs, showing off here in this NFL tweet. Mahomes, Lawrence, they are ready to kick off divisional round weekend in the NFL. That one at Arrowhead Stadium. We can't wait for much more on this matchup from Arrowhead Stadium. We welcome in our James Palmer. And I think Chiefs fans, James, heard the comment by Trevor Lawrence that he can't imagine it being any louder on Saturday than it was there in Jacksonville on Saturday. So we know they're going to have that Jaguars offense trying to you know, be as distracted as possible. But what about that Chiefs defensive front? What do they have in store for that Jags offense? Well, you're right, Omar. Right when the crowded arrowhead behind me gets going, it definitely helps this defensive front get off the football quickly. And it's interesting because at the beginning of the season, defensive line coach Joe Cullen said, we need star pass rusher Chris Jones to perhaps have the best year of his career if we're going to accomplish what we do want to accomplish this season. And right now, obviously, the number one seed in playing in the divisional round. Well, Jones has done that. He tied a career high in 15 and a half sacks, tied a career high in quarterback hits with 29. And he's leading this defensive front that's going to try to get after Trevor Lawrence and sacked him five times in that game back in week 10. And Doug Peterson said, this is the best interior pass rusher we are going to face this season. There's really nothing he can't do, but there's something he hasn't done. In 13 postseason games, Chris Jones does not have a sack. And he said to us yesterday, I got to get one against the Jaguars on Saturday to get you guys off my back. And then there's his running mate in terms of Frank Clark. He didn't play in that game back in week 10 because of his suspension. And he has been battling a groin injury. And to my understanding, he is feeling very, very good, very confident about how he feels physically. He is good to go for this game on Saturday, Omar. He is a guy that makes big plays in big moments. And you know you need them in the postseason. 
14 postseason games, 11 sacks for Frank Clark. Both of these guys, they believe they need to rely on them if they're going to get back to the Super Bowl. That's a shocking stat for as dominant as Stone Cold Jones has been throughout his career. And even in some of those playoff games, he's been a dominant force, just hasn't come up with a sack. Of course, James, the storyline for the Chiefs throughout the season was how they replaced Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes just goes out and wins MVP, likely. Uh, But this is their first time playing in the playoffs now with this retooled supporting cast. What makes them so dangerous heading into this one? Well, it's interesting, Omar, at the beginning of the season, Patrick Mahomes said, I told you guys I wasn't worried because Andy Reid gets the best out of everyone who is on the roster. And he said, if a guy can win 11 games as a head coach and not throw a touchdown pass to a wide receiver, which Reid has done in the past, I'm not going to worry. But now you look at all those new pieces that came around Patrick Mahomes. When I talked to left tackle Orlando Brown Jr., he said, now Pat is going through all of his progressions because multiple guys are getting open because they understand the scheme so much better now than they did at the beginning of the year. And Mahomes mentioned it with the new pieces of Kadarius Toney and Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS and all of these guys guys. He said, now we're coming at you from a variety of spots. And real quick, Omar, I talked to Jarek McKinnon at his locker yesterday, and he said, when we go through practice, there's just so many answers on the field in how we run this offense. And he said, teams, they have to double Travis Kelsey or they're stupid. And then you have all these other different <laughs> spots. You can go with the football. And if we're all covered, he said, Pat can still run with the football. It's just a really fun offense to play. And one that, as he mentioned, has so many answers that they find no matter what a defense does. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Fourth time in history, a couple quarterbacks will be coming into a playoff game, coming from their previous playoff game with more than 300 yards passing and three touchdowns passing, just like Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy are. The last one was that classic last season with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, hoping to get a classic there at Levi Stadium this weekend. Here's Micah Parsons talking about relishing their role as the underdog. I know when you're getting ready to go into a fight, you need to prepare as if it's going to go 12 rounds and it's going to go 12 rounds. You know, I, I watch Ali, the greatest video, almost every week. And he talks about it and how he was ready. And uh, he, this guy was just too big. He was too strong. And not, Ali was going to get knocked out. And that's what everybody's saying. Right, we hear it. Everybody, no way the Cowboys going to win. No way. I, honestly, I think you should feed into, you should love that stuff. Like, when no one believes in you, that's the best feeling. Like, not when everyone believes you and that Kool-Aid's up and everyone's smiling and they're like, they can't lose, like, they're too good. You don't want that feeling because then it's like, what if I don't win? When you're already at the bottom, you can only go up, you know? So I really like to be an underdog in that feeling. It's a great story always to tell. Micah Parsons invoking Muhammad Ali as the underdog. We can't wait for this one on Sunday afternoon. Jane Slater will be there. We're welcomed by Mark Ross as well. And Jane, when you talk about Micah Parsons, we heard a lot of what he had to say about being the underdog, but what else did the Cowboys defense say about facing that loaded 49er offense? 
Well, obviously, it's been a discussion point all week, particularly when you consider just how effective Kyle Shanahan's offense has been this year. And we know that he leans heavily on the run game. Look, they're 11-1 and since acquiring Christian McCaffrey, and we know that he's going to be a big part of the game plan. In fact, I was looking at some of his numbers, and they are so impressive. Uh, they are outrushing their opponents by 908 yards during that 11-game win streak. And then when you went back and look at that Seattle game, they had 119 yards on 15 attempts for two touchdowns, and that was just McCaffrey's stat line. McCaffrey's not the only guy you have to worry about on offense, though. You know this, Omar. I know you cover this team quite a bit. They've got guys like George Kittle. You've got Brandon Ayuk. You've got Debo Samuel. I asked Mike McCarthy about that, and he said this might be the best one-two punch they faced this season. And we've talked so much about this Cowboys run defense and how it's been an issue for them this year. Obviously, that wasn't a big test for them against the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I don't know if there's one game this season that's given you a lot of confidence and their ability to slow down the run. But in talking to Micah Parsons, he said, obviously, you've got to focus on Christian McCaffrey. But the other guy is 1,000% Debo Samuel. Just the way that he breaks tackles, his yards after catch, you've got to bring him down. And I'll be curious to see what the Cowboys do on the back end with him, how they're lining up certain guys. Perhaps it helps that Dan Quinn does know Kyle Shanahan a little bit. And maybe he's got a couple of favorable matchups up his sleeve. Well, on the back end there, for the for them, they have to really force Brock Purdy into making tight window throws. Uh, you know, last week against Seattle, with wide open throws, that's five or more yards of separation. He was nine for 10, 179 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. But against tight window throws, he was only nine of 20. So it's going to be incumbent, not just on that front, Micah Parsons and wreck havoc, but for that back end to have that tight coverage and not get confused. We see with the 49ers offense where you just see guys just running wide open and defenses don't know what's going on. So it has to be that discipline for the Cowboys on the back end to stay tight with those guys and create Brock Purdy to make tight window throws. That's the sign of a great quarterback when they can consistently make plays, not splash plays, not a play here and there, but consistently do that. They'll have to force Brock Purdy into making consistently uh, tight window throws during the season for the six of his his games for them were against uh, defenses that were 18th or lower. This is by far the best defense he'll face. Let's see if Brock Purdy can continue the magic, Omar. Yeah, Jane, you mentioned all the weapons the 49ers have. They're so multi-skilled that makes things a lot easier for an already creative Kyle Shanahan schematically, the way he lines them up. Should be a fascinating matchup to watch. We're going to continue talking about this one. Jane, we'll have much more from you a little bit later. Mark, hang right there. Obviously, Brock Purdy has been one of the great storylines of the second half of the entire season. When you watch him anecdotally, you're like, wow, this kid's playing well. But look at him statistically, and it's all backed up. First, since he's been the starter this season, amongst the very top in all of 2022, the big numbers. Here's Brock Purdy talking about being involved now in this great traditional rivalry. And so to be a part of it, I'm very thankful. It's pretty cool. It's like, man, you've seen all those highlights and stuff from the 90s and stuff, and, and now you fast forward to 2023, and here we are, you know, same, same two teams going at it, um, fighting for the same thing, which is pretty cool. And um, I just look at it like, you know, we just want to win. We want to do our part, and all the other stuff will fall into place. It's not like, man, this is going to be some kind of, you know, Netflix documentary or anything like that. I'm not trying to make it bigger like than that, but um, very thankful to be a part of it. The rivalry and everything and, and having it come back, obviously, to 2023. So it's going to be a good one. 
Purdy helping the 49ers win 11 straight at this point, longest since 97 when our very own Steve Mariucci was the head coach of the 49ers. Jim Trotter will also be in attendance there at Levi Stadium covering this one. And when you look at this loaded 49ers offense, we keep talking about it, Jimbo. Who are some of the unsung heroes of this particular offense? Yeah, you know, Omar, we just heard Jane talk about all the skill position players, but I want to give a little love to the big uglies up front, the <laughs> offensive line. You do not do what the 49ers have done if you do not have capable players up front protecting. And there were a lot of questions about this offensive line coming into the season. Look, Pro Bowl guard Lakin Tomlinson left in free agency. Center Alex Mack retired. They had three new starters on the interior of that line, and each of them had question marks. Let's start with left guard Aaron Banks. You know, he had only five snaps as a rookie last year. Then you look at center Jake Brindle. He had not started a regular season game since 2016. And you go to right guard Spencer Buford. He's a rookie. No snaps in the NFL. So when you look at those three on the interior and how they have played in terms of complementing the tackles who we know about in Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey, all this unit has done this year is finished fifth in total yards, eighth in rushing, and 13th in passing. So... These guys deserve a lot of credit up front. Let's not forget about them. Yeah, Trent Williams continues to be one of the baddest men in football. The only success people are having against him, Kyle Juszczyk, his own fullback, who had some friendly fire in that game against the Seahawks, and they had fun with that in the locker room this week. Mark, as far as the wide receivers, back to the skill positions, what do you want to see from C.D. Lamb in this one? Yeah, Jim, you got the big uglies. I'm going to go with the pretty boys there, and that's the receivers, and that's C.D. Lamb. These are the type of games where wide receivers can just take over and make their mark. Our 07 Super Bowl run with the Giants, Plaxico Burris in the NFC Championship game completely took over that game. The 2011 run, Victor Cruz in the NFC Championship game in San Francisco completely took over that game, couldn't, couldn't be stopped. This is when C.D. Lamb has to step up against that nasty 49ers defense and that man coverage and make huge plays and take over the game for Dak Prescott. Yes, Dak has to be efficient and effective, but this is the type of game where if C.D. gets going and takes it over and the 49ers have no answer, he can really make his mark, and that'll help the Cowboys get that W because I've seen it happen in the past with receivers dominating games for victories, Omar. Yeah, certainly this is a potential for a reignition of the rivalry given that the 49ers ended the Cowboys season last year in the wild card round. So certainly Dallas looking forward to this game in more ways than one. Jim, Mark, thank you both very much. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, get rich, the cast of thousands. It feels good to football. Super Bowl experience presented by Lowe's at the Phoenix Convention Center comes to Phoenix starting February 4th. Experience the NFL's football theme park with interactive games, the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and more. Tickets starting at 20 bucks. no hidden fees. Admission for kids under 12 is free. Get tickets at SuperBowl.com slash experience tickets. Today, perhaps the Giants or Eagles will be at the Super Bowl in Arizona. If the Giants get there, it'll be thanks to their defense. Dexter Lawrence has been on fire lately. With more on their defense, here is our Brian Baldinger with his latest Baldy Breakdown. 
I think there's going to be an epic chess match Saturday night in Philadelphia between the defense coordinator of the Giants, Wink Martindale, and the offense coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, Shane Steichen. And all you have to do is go to previous matchups this year to see what I'm talking about right here. Wink Martindale here has eight potential blitzers up to hit Jalen Hurts right here. All they want to do is get him off the edge. You get two outside pressures right here. Moving Jalen Hurts, force him to get the ball out of his hand quick. Completion, but for only three yards. Now, this was a fourth and seven play. Seven potential rushers coming at Jalen Hurts in an empty set. At the bottom is Devontae Smith. He runs his spray fade on fourth and seven. Jalen Hurts dropped it right in front of the free safety, Julian Love, and he dances into the end zone for the Eagles to go up 14-0. But on the play... Jalen Hurts had to stay in here and take, really, a Malachi crunch from Dexter Lawrence up the middle and Kayvon Thibodeau on the outside. He takes the hit, and he delivers a perfect throw. Can Jalen Hurts do that uh, on Saturday night coming off that injury? Now, he'll do different things, like Thibodeau and Ojolari come inside. Quick pressure inside right here, trapping Jalen Hurts. Not able to get away from two great athletes and good pass rushers, and he takes a sack. However, you get this right here. Subtle things, like Jalen Smith right here. Acting like he's going to blitz, all right? Keeping And what it does, it keeps the back end, Miles Sanders. And then he's going to drop it in coverage and help take away some of the crossers. Miles Sanders is now not a safety valve. He's a personal protector, and the result was Jalen Hurts takes the sack. Now watch this play right here. Here's Jalen Smith. All right, he's going to attack the line of scrimmage like he's blitzing. But then he's going to drop and get underneath the crosser, number 11, A.J. Brown. Meanwhile, right here, Jalen Hurts sure could use the safety valve. But that's Miles Sanders, and he's protecting Wink Martindale won that down. This is going to be back and forth all night long between these two coordinators. It promises to be a really good show. We can't wait for that one, Baldy. That is the nightcap tomorrow night. Things kick off with the Jaguars and Chiefs at 4.30 Eastern on NBC. Then on Sunday, the Bengals and Bills meet as Josh Allen and Joe Burrow will play a full game for the first time in their careers, followed by the traditional rivalry in the Cowboys and the 49ers. That one at 6.30 Eastern on Fox. For a deeper dive into this weekend's divisional playoff round, let's welcome in Trevor Sikama, PFF NFL analyst, podcaster, reporter, and all-around great guy. Trevor, always great to have you here on NFL Now. And when you talk about the NFC powers, Eagles right there, 49ers, the 11-game winning streak, justifiably dominant with the Brock Purdy storyline. Cowboys as loaded as anybody. But I think we've kind of forgotten how good the Eagles were throughout the year, and especially with Jalen Hurts. If he's healthy now, what's the sort of optimism you have in a matchup against the Giants ahead of tomorrow night? If the Eagles are relatively fully healthy, this is simply one of the best offenses in the NFL. They were top five in EPA per pass throughout the regular season, and they were top five in EPA per rush. So this is all around passing and rushing one of the best offenses in the NFL. Something I'm really looking forward to in this matchup, though, goes with Baldy's point. What he just said, the chess match between the Eagles offense and the Giants defense, specifically what Wink Martindale is going to do. He stuck a Dory Jackson, their corner, on Justin Jefferson last week. And that is a tall task for anybody, and he handled it so incredibly well. So I wonder if they're going to put a Dory Jackson one-on-one with Devontae Smith once again and then give some extra eyes to A.J. Brown, maybe clear him that way. So that is a chess match that I agree with Baldy. I'm looking forward to a ton, but if the Eagles have their best strength fully healthy, 
they're they're tough out no matter what. Yeah, their defense getting healthy as well. So the Eagles back to being fully loaded. Speaking of fully loaded, that 49er offense, we've been talking about it all year. And then they added Christian McCaffrey and then Brock Purdy comes yeah. in and plays as well as anybody has ever to start a career, especially a rookie. And speaking of chess matches, you have Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, going against his old offensive coordinator when they were with the Falcons, Kyle Shanahan. How do you see this one shaking out? I love Dan Quinn. I'm so glad he's getting plenty of love now in the head coaching carousel because I think he deserves a shot. He is one of the best defensive minds in the NFL, no doubt about it. Now, stylistically, I'm very curious to see what happens in this game because Dallas Cowboys play the fifth most amount of press coverage with their secondary of any team in the NFL. Now, against San Francisco 49ers, not a lot of teams play press. They don't want to play press up against those playmakers that the 49ers have. And yet, is that what we're going to see? I'm not sure. It kind of depends what's going to happen with the Dallas Cowboys pass rush. Is it effective enough for them to be able to press, stay close in coverage? But when you guys have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, it's so hard to ask a secondary to continually press against those kinds of playmakers. So it's a little bit of uh, uh, strength versus strength. And I'm wondering who's going to bend first. Is Kyle Shanahan going to adjust what he does or is Dan Quinn going to adjust what he does? So that's something I'm looking forward to with this one for sure. Well, this is the type of game where legends are made. And if Micah Parson can go off and have one of these, you know, three sack performances in this type of environment, certainly oh, yeah. he'll be on his way to Canton with all the hype that the Cowboys get. Meanwhile, the game on Sunday afternoon preceding that one, the Bengals and the Bills, weapons all over the field, explosive offenses galore. What are you most looking forward to about this matchup? This game's going to be fun. And I'm looking straight at Kyer Elam, the Bills, CB2, a guy that they've drafted very highly, thought of very highly, because last week, man, he played a hell of a game. 88.9 coverage grade, was targeted four times, only allowed one catch for two passing yards. Now, the reason why I think that he was so coveted when the Bills ended up drafting him was because of his height. He's close to a guy like T. Higgins, something that the Bills didn't have before. Now they have this matchup of this taller, longer, athletic corner who could go up against a guy like T. Higgins. Meanwhile, you could leave Tredavious White on a player like Jamar Chase on the other side. So I think stylistically, measurable-wise, this is a really great matchup that I'm looking forward to. It could be the X Factor, but my bold prediction for the weekend on the other side of things, it's with Jamar Chase. I think he has the most receiving yards that he has had so far this year. The number is 132, and I think Jamar Chase is going to play well enough to exceed that 132 passing or receiving yards this weekend. That's my bold prediction there. Yeah, I th well, I think both offenses are going to play well, and it's going to come up to whatever defense could come up with that one play, that one turnover that truly makes the difference in the game. We can't wait for it. Trevor Sikama, thank you so much as always for joining us here. For much more on Trevor's work, go to pff.com or download the app. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.